Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Northern Kentucky Spotlight Podcast, presented by CBG. I'm your host, Sarah Brookbank. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Greg Harmeyer, CEO of Tier 1 Performance Solutions, who is going to be talking with us about the Scurry for Mental Health, an amazing race-style event happening this May. On NKY at Work, Lorraine O'Moore, a college and career connector with Navigo Prep, chats with Nancy Spivey about work-based learning for young students. Thank you to our podcast sponsors, CVG, our title sponsor, C-Crew Consulting, our digital sponsor, and our episode sponsor, Haran. On Tuesday, April 25th, the Northern Kentucky Chamber is going to be hosting its annual legislative recap breakfast. This special reception will include members of the Northern Kentucky Legislative Caucus and will review the legislative successes of the recent Kentucky General Assembly based on the Northern Kentucky Chamber's legislative agenda. You can register for that event now at nkychamber.com slash events. Now, let's go hear from our sponsors and meet our members of the week, and Nancy and I will be back with your guests. CVG Airport is the lowest fare airport in the tri-state region with 54 nonstop flights and direct international service to seven destinations, including Paris, France, and now home to both DHLs and Amazon's global cargo hubs. The airport is furthering its position as leader in aviation and is deeply committed to being an economic driver for the community. You can learn more and start your next adventure at CVGAirport.com. Ranking on Google Search and Maps is easy to understand, but hard to do. It requires constant effort and attention, uploading new photos, responding to Google reviews, writing weekly posts, and checking suggested updates. Google listing optimization takes experience and time, and there are no shortcuts. C-Crew gives your Google My Business account the steady, consistent attention it needs to be effective, optimizing, updating, and expanding critical content every single week. From local retail stores to large regional networks, C-Crew generates content, establishes benchmarks, and creates dramatic measurable increases in engagement. So what can C-Crew do for your business? More calls, more clicks, more clients. Congratulations to our members of the week. You can learn more about these businesses by following the Northern Kentucky Chamber on social media where we will highlight one of these businesses each day. Now, let's meet our members of the week. Mid-America Gunite Pools is the tri-state leader in the building and servicing of Gunite concrete swimming pools. Leela Urgent Care offers quick and convenient access to medical treatment for non-life-threatening illnesses and injuries. Plum Tight's mission is to enhance, give back, and make the world better every day through the plumbing, HVAC, boiler, and drain services they deliver. Pella Windows and Doors of Greater Cincinnati is a family-owned company that partners with some of the finest builders, architects, remodelers, and craftsmen to ensure delivery of a high-end, energy-efficient product. Rust Heating and Cooling is a fifth-generation family-owned and operated HVAC company that has been serving Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky for 150 years. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Northern Kentucky Spotlight Podcast. We are joined by Greg Harmeyer, who is the CEO of Tier 1 Performance Solutions. Greg, thank you for joining the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Yeah, so tell us about Tier 1. I know you've been on the podcast before, so some of our viewers might have heard this, but for our newer ones, uh, tell us about you guys. Yeah, so we are a strategy activation consulting firm based uh, headquartered here in Covington, Kentucky. We've got offices in eight locations throughout the country. I uh, got about 325 people and we work with organizations on helping their people do their best work. So we work mostly with mid and large organizations on anything around bringing strategy to life through people 
we work on their culture and their leadership and their change and the uh, activation of their people to to learn how to do what the organization needs them to do to be be effective. Yeah, that is great. And one of the big things that you guys having uh, have coming up this year is the Scurry. This is an annual event that you guys do. Tell us about that. It is. I think this is the 11th year this year, if I got it right. It's been uh, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, the Scurry is kind of our amazing race type of event. Uh, where we get, you know, usually 30-ish teams that compete and run around the city doing all kinds of fun activities and competitions. Uh, and it's always been a way for us to contribute to the community, bring people together and support a good cause. And in, in, uh, in recent years, that cause has been mental health and working with several of the mental health organizations around the city to raise funding for the important programs that they run. So it's a it's an exciting event. It's a fun way to do something active and uh, to give back to the community itself. Yeah, I have seen pictures from years past and it always seems like an absolute blast. Tell us a little bit about the organizations you guys are partnering with this year. Yeah, so we uh, support the Linder Center of Hope uh, and the Children's Home of Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati Children's Hospital, uh, all in the mental health space. And uh, we do a lot of work ourselves with some of those organizations. creating pro bono programs alongside them and contributing time and capabilities to help those organizations. The Scurry is our way to help them raise money for other types of uh, programs that they need to to run and operate. And obviously all very important in their own right and the the way they support mental health around the region. Yeah. And why are you guys focusing on mental health? Like, why is that the issue that you guys have decided that you are going to take and talk about? Well, that's been a journey for us for many years, Sarah. So about uh, almost 10 years ago, eight or nine years ago now, we decided we wanted to commit our capabilities and our, our unique talents and strengths are in the spaces of communication and learning and development and helping people understand kind of how to do things. And we wanted to commit our capabilities to a cause. And at the time, we felt like, you know, mental health really needed more education and awareness than it was getting. And we had a chance to do something in that space. And so we worked with Leonard Center of Hope to create a program we called Start the Conversation. We piloted it on ourselves. And the whole intention of it was to raise awareness about mental health and help people kind of reduce the stigma, help people become better educated on what major mental illnesses are and what signs were and what steps you could even take to to address them, whether it was yourself or, or, or uh, supporting someone else. And so we started down that path, I think in 2015, creating that program. And the more we got into it, the more we discovered it was just really affecting everybody. Mental health and mental illness affects everyone. And we know that today. I think it's become increasingly um, uh, evident in the recent years. Uh, But at that time, it was it was less so. People simply weren't talking about mental health. They certainly weren't talking about it in the workplace. Right. And what we've come to realize over many years is that it is it is the most important factor and how people show up in their work and their lives is is their own mental health and the mental health of those around them. When you're supporting someone who's struggling with mental illness, it is just a significant weight and drain on you, uh, particularly if you don't know how to support them or where to start. So we found this to be just such an important aspect of a healthy culture and a healthy work environment is to be able to help support people in their journey around mental health and and, uh, dealing with mental illness. So it's just been an important cause for us. It's changed our culture. We have a very open, collaborative uh, environment. We always have a high trust environment, but this kind of elevated our connection with each other because I think it normalized the fact that, 
you know, everybody is dealing with something in this space. And we have a very, uh, we have an environment where people are very comfortable talking about mental health, mental illness, and I'm, uh, I think we've come a long way. So we're trying to help others do the same thing. Yeah. And you guys that start the conversation program, that's a year round initiative for you all. And you guys also provide resources for other organizations. We do. So start the conversation is the cornerstone program we have. Uh, we we run variants of it in our own organization, but I think it's been run by about 30 different companies now. We give it away for free. It's available on our website. Um, there's a whole journey guide, so you don't have to be intimidated by it. Like you don't have to be an expert in this space at all. We kind of help companies work through it, but we help their their leaders lead the program. Um, the feedback we've gotten on it has been phenomenal. It's helped. It just helps an organization kind of start the dialogue and to normalize mental health and mental illness inside their companies. And there's lots of other things you can do as an organization and its leaders, but it's a really good foundational piece to get people uh, on the same page of the fact that, you know, mental health is, is, is something we all have to be attentive to. Mental illness is everywhere. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to be afraid of. It's very treatable. It's very normal. It's just like every other health issue. And that's a big part of what we're trying to help people do is understand that this is just a part of life and it's all around us and uh, and we can collectively deal with it. Yeah, that is such an important thing. And like you said, if you guys started this way back in 2015, like you said, no one was really talking about it. And those conversations have continued to grow and develop, especially post pandemic, uh, when everybody kind of had their lives uh, collapse a little bit. And now we're rebuilding. So it's really cool to have you guys working in that space in uh, the greater Cincinnati area. Um, but pivoting back to the scurry, how can people get involved this year? So uh, the, the best ways you can get involved first is to sign up for a team. Um, you can go to the scurry.com and register for a team. And that's, uh, I think it's $2,000 to register a team and you can do fundraising activities to get it. Maybe you can get your company to sponsor it. Um, if you're not uh, able to sign up for a team, you can be a volunteer. Uh, you can also go to the, the site to volunteer. And then the after scurry is a great way to participate too. So Covington Yard is sponsoring the after scurry event. It's going to be a big celebration. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about mental health and kind of, uh, you know, provide some awareness at the, the award ceremony. But really, it's just an opportunity to, to kind of celebrate as a community, bring people together around this cause. Um, there'll be raffles and giveaways and other types of things. And uh, uh, just a great way to support uh, this cause as a community. So, uh, Greg, before I let you go, is there anything else that you would like to talk about about Tier 1, about the scurry today before I let you go? Well, I just want to encourage everybody in your roles to be um, to just lean into the, the cause of mental health in whatever way you can. Uh, I, I think it's just such an important part of our lives uh, in your businesses to be you know, unafraid of it, to learn, um, to find ways to connect, to reach out to others, to to check in on each other. Um, it's a huge deal. And I, you know, that's our company as a whole is trying to help people do their best work and help people realize their potential. And this is such an important aspect of people's lives to be able to do that, regardless of what you do. Um, kind of being healthy and helping others around you be healthy is just such an important aspect of it. So just encourage everybody to be attentive to that. Yeah. Well, Greg, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate being on. Hi, I'm Nancy Spivey, Vice President of Talent Strategies for the Northern Kentucky Chamber of Commerce. And today on the At Work segment, we are talking to Lorraine O'Moore. Lorraine is the Director of Work-Based Learning for Navigo. So Lorraine, tell me what work-based learning means. 
So for the region, at least, that I work in, work-based learning is, that I look after is for our um, school students, our K-12. It's not for adults. Okay. And that work-based learning is in compliance with what KDE describes as work-based learning. Okay. Um, and that's anything from a video creating awareness with students to uh, an industry sector or careers within an industry sector, leading to guest speakers, tours of companies, job shadowing, and all the way up to internships, co-ops, and apprenticeships, and everything in between. So for employers, why should I care about that? Well, what we hear and I hear constantly is that there's a disconnect between education and business, mm -hmm. at least in the K-12 realm. Um, and my, when I speak with employers, what I say is that if you don't connect with these young people before they leave high school, you'll find it hard to connect with them thereafter. Whether it is that they're going directly into employment, whether they're going the college route and back into employment, it really doesn't matter. The other thing is, um, like NKU had informed us that 39% of their first years, their freshmen change major. So that means they're not making the right decisions as to what they want to do just because they do not know. Also, I know you, you spoke about youth science, and we know that after 10,000 students had taken the opportunity, that um, we had a huge exposure gap. So we had a lot of young people in our region that have high aptitudes for industries and no interest because they do not know about them. So if we want to address this, it would be very strategic in directing our young people into the right career paths for both them and the business, Sure. then the business should be part of the conversation and be part of the school system. And so what can I as an employer do to get engaged in workplace learning? What, what's the ask of me? The ask that I ask is you open your doors. Um, what that means, it can look different for every company in every sector. There are challenges and barriers with it. Um, one of them is the age factor, especially when it comes to co-ops, when young people are actually working in the place of employment. And we are addressing that slowly but surely. Policies are beginning to change. Companies are finding ways to make it happen. And my, my talk with um, employers is that, well, if you don't do it, your partner will do it and they'll get the young people. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of making them rethink, okay, sure. if we do need to get these young people in, we need to find ways to make it happen. Um, as we know, in Ohio, they have addressed this uh, legally and there's now legislation in place for the under-18s in, in manufacturing, say. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to work on that here as well so that our young people remain competitive and that our employers remain competitive in getting the workforce in. Great. And you also shared videotapes might be an option. So... Even if I'm in a setting that doesn't allow under 18, I could work with you and your team yes. on video productions or showing up at schools or some type of engagement with the school population, correct? Yeah, because you see a lot of businesses are small and they wouldn't have the capacity for taking on co-op students. So, but they still want to work and connect, even to give back. So they can do everything and anything from providing a video guest speaking, which doesn't cost a lot of their time, even a job shadowing. Job shadowing is a one-day event for a student. They do not work, so you're, they're not caught under the legalities of it. They just observe and ask questions. Okay. But that can make the big difference when a young person decides what career they're going to go into. For example, um, I had a parent call me in a panic because her, her son wanted to study herpetology. And um, she didn't know much about it. She was worried that he was going into this kind of fantasy notion of what it might be like. So I did find him an opportunity at the zoo. Mm -hmm. Turns out he loves it, and he's now studying it. And so they're just one-off um, ideas of what it might look like. But really, everything and anything an employer can do. We have 17 different opportunities that an employer can choose. Doing resume critiques. 
um, doing mock interviews over the phone. That might only take 15 or 20 minutes of their time, but it's making the connection, it's creating awareness, and it's also building confidence of our young people so that when they do graduate from high school, they can communicate with people in the, in the business world. So it really is a talent strategy to, to teach these young adults that are coming into the fold about careers, about opportunities, and so it's something that the employers should and need to participate in because right. if they don't, you know, the students are not going to be a rare. Is that correct? For sure. I mean, like I've worked with young adults for 30 years in a workforce development capacity. And what I've heard in particular in the construction industry is that the schools are, promote, are not promoting the trades. Well, that has changed. And now our, our construction businesses come on board. You've said this. They're not doing it. We're now doing it. You've got to come to the table now. And they're the... I, I have very real conversations with employers, <laughs> and they're the conversations I have. You know, I don't say they're not doing because they are. So now you come on and help us out and expose these young people to these career pathways. Okay, so yeah. are there other things that you want to discuss on the uh, podcast today? Um, well, let me think. I mean, I guess I know what I'm hearing is that there's a, a slight turn down in um, job opportunities. I spoke to two large companies recently that are now on hiring freezes. Mm -hmm. So that's a little concerning because we have all these young people coming out of high school in a few months and about a third of them will definitely not go to college. They're looking to go straight into employment. However, there, I know there are other companies that are still hiring and other sectors that are expanding. So um, I would say even for those companies that are slowing down a bit, don't disconnect just because you don't have openings. You will have openings. Sure. We all know that. We see the cycles all the time. So maintain those relationships. Build those relationships with the schools in particular because the young people will travel through the school system, but the teaching staff and the management there tend to be consistent. So if you have those relationships, they'll always be there. Another thing I want to talk about is this opportunity youth um, I, issue, I guess you want to call it. I don't know what people call it, but the fact of the matter is we have six to 7,000 young adults aged 16 to 24 in our region doing nothing. They're not in school and they're not employed. Mm -hmm. And what we find is that there are a lot of those young high schoolers that do not know what they want to do, have no direction. And because they haven't connected with a business and they don't have other supports, maybe outside of the school system, come graduation, they fall into this hole of opportunity youth. And it's very hard to reach them at that stage because they're now out in the wilderness. Um, <laughs> so if we can make those connections before they finish and prevent them from falling into that black hole of opportunity youth, that will, I mean, help the region, it'll help the businesses, and help, obviously, the families and young people that we serve. Yeah, and that's a population that we really need to yes. be at work yes. and to be productive in our community. So Right. I mean, we, we learned about the demographic drought yes. and all of the older generation, which I'm kind of one of them, but all of that age group tending to, you know, work their way out of the workforce, but no younger people coming up to take their places, in some sectors anyway. So um, this is an opportunity. You know, we, we're, we're letting it slide. We are. We're not doing enough to make it happen. So I feel if we all work together collaboratively, that's the businesses, K-12, community partners, and families and parents working together to, to build these young people up um, so that they're ready for employment after high school, it, it can make all the difference. I know that um, with COVID, and I've been working in the schools a lot in the last few months, we've learned that the mental health issues of a lot of these young people have increased mm -hmm. and I've seen it firsthand so we have to work harder than we've ever done before to help, to get these young people motivated and interested in something outside of high school once they graduate especially our seniors so I'm working diligently on that as well. well and I know you're one of the most passionate people I know 
just passionate about your work. So if somebody wants to connect with you just to talk about options, how do they do that? So um, they can go on to our Navigo.prep website or Learning World's website or Growing KY's website. They can Google me. I'm sure I'll pop up somewhere. <laughs> but I am available to come to any business. I like to tour the businesses because if I'm bringing students out there, I want to get a feel for the culture myself. To give you an example, I learned this morning that we have a group touring next month in February. And the company they're going to, they cannot have any jewelry on. Well, if I can tell the kids that in advance, sure. that means they're not going to panic when they get there and say, what are we going to do? You know, and they, they also can't have their cell phones with them. So things like that to prepare the young people, and that's for success for the young people and the business, you know, and it, it helps things run a lot smoother. What I have done is I have developed guides um, for each of the opportunities, whether it's a shadowing, a tour, a, a co-op, and the guides are the business and the school follows the same guide. So they know what they need to do beforehand, what happens during, and what happens after. If everyone is on the same page, it just runs a lot smoother. And a lot of the business have been very receptive to this and think it's really working. So there, the, I'm trying to look at any possible challenge that would pop up and get ahead of the game and be ready to have it addressed before it pops up. That's what I'm trying to do. There's always going to be something, and I'm learning every day. Sure. But I'm trying to stay on top of it to make things run smoothly for everyone. Well, just know you're making an impact, and we really appreciate you in our communities. So. I appreciate I mean, I love working in Northern Kentucky. I've worked here now for um, six and a half years. And, you know, um, obviously I'm not from here, um, but I have worked with young people, as I said, for 30 years. And my, my what I say is same kids, different country. You know, <laughs> the exact same challenges are in Ireland as there are here. Same young people. I call them spirited. I actually love working with them. They keep me young. Um, but we can make a big difference in their lives if we just invest, and that's what I'm all about. And it's so important. Thank yes. you very much, Lorraine. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, I'm Shannon Schumacher, Account Executive, Kentucky Market Leader. At Haran, we champion bold innovation to help employers and individuals thrive. As an industry thought leader, we explore new horizons in healthcare, benefits, employee engagement, and wellness. We work harder to deliver all the strategic benefits, planning, and execution you expect from a true partner. And we do it with laser focus on your short and long-term outcomes to help manage your benefits while improving your employee experience. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Northern Kentucky Spotlight podcast today as we learned more about Navigo Prep and the Scurry. Registration is now open for the Scurry, and you can learn more and register for that event at thescurry.com. You can also learn more about our annual legislative recap breakfast on our website at nkychamber.com. Thank you to our podcast sponsors, CVG, Seacrew Consulting, and Haran. Finally, if you are a member who would like to be featured on the Northern Kentucky Spotlight podcast, or if you're someone who is interested in becoming a member of the chamber, you can reach out to Lynn Aplin. And if you're interested in sharing your workforce strategies and resources on NKY at Work, please reach out to Nancy Spivey. You can find the contact information on the screen in front of you or on our website at our staff directory at nkychamber.com. Thanks again for tuning into the podcast today. I'll talk to you all next week.